Hey guys, it's Lauren Yates here, celebrity interviewer, entertainment reporter, and the host of this podcast, Rave It Up, celebrity news, reviews, and interviews. If this is the first time you're listening, go check out our show's trailer on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to learn more about us. And make sure to follow us on social media to tell us what else you would like to hear from this podcast. We are under Rave It Up TV on Instagram, Rave It Up Show on Facebook, and our website is raveituptv.com. Now today, we're going to be having a chat over Zoom with actress and comedian Ginger Gonzaga. You may know her playing Helen Tasker in the new TV show True Lies, or also Nikki in She-Hulk. This woman has done so much in her life. She majored in political science and minored in Chinese in university, studied at the Groundlings. She was nationally ranked for debate, as well as being an actress, a comedian, a writer, a director. She even has sung jazz music in the past. What can't this woman do? Let's talk to her today all about her achievements in life and also working on projects like True Lies, She-Hulk, Ted, Family Guy and American Dad. The list goes on and on. There's so much to cover today, so let's get into it now. Before we get into today's interview, we would like to give a shout out to our Patreons, Irene, Bev and Michael. If you haven't heard of Patreon before, it is a great way to support us and keep us running and improving. You pick a membership tier that suits you and your budget per month, and in return for supporting us, we'll give you behind the scenes content and free stuff. You don't have to give much either. You can be a part of our Patreons for as little as $4 a month. Just visit patreon.com forward slash rave it up. You can even donate through PayPal if you don't trust other sites. You can do so just through our email, raveituptv at gmail.com. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to contact us. We appreciate anything you can do to support us. Now, let's get into this interview. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Raise it up. Hey guys, it's RJ May from Breaking Bad. Adam Stavani from Step Up. It's Keegan Allen from Pretty Little Irish. Hi, this is Arthur Butcher. It's Cosentino. It's Rob Mills. Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. Raving it up. I'm having fun. Hashtag Lauren, Rave It Up. Yes. Sorry. Thank you, I like that effect. We're raving it up. Ginger, welcome to Rave It Up. It is a pleasure to have you on our show. How are you going today? I'm well, thanks. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Well, since this is your first time on our show, we'd love to get to know you a little bit better. And I think we should start from the beginning of your career, if that's okay, <laughs> to get a good yeah, idea of how you've made it to where you are today. I did a little bit of research on, you know, your childhood and your family as well. Your mother's oh, okay. Dutch and your father's Filipino. Yeah. That's very interesting combination of backgrounds. Is that a really yeah. big family of yours too? It, it, is big, it is big on my Dutch side as well. I mean, it's huge on my Filipino side because my dad has like eight brothers and sisters. Wow. And weirdly, that family was most of the, a lot of that family was in like the small country town I grew up in. And then my mom. Yeah. I, yeah. We had a pretty large, uh, everyone was in the same area. At least my mom had three brothers and sisters. So, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and you have heaps of brothers and sisters yourself, too. I have two brothers. Yes, I'm the middle child. So whatever tropes come with that, I have all of them. <laughs> side, that's people. where you get it from, hey? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, is it that I'm a middle, middle child or that, that I'm a Taurus? I never know what to blame things on. Um, a bit of both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
What about you? Do you have a large family? I, I'm an only child. I'm really lucky. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm very close with my two parents. We're like the three musketeers. We like to call each other. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. I've always heard that only children are superstars. And honestly, the only children that I, the people that I know who are only child, they are. They're all very, they're all little superstars. Oh, I wanted <laughs> to be called that then too. <laughs> and I'm just tr truly Australian. Like I'm not, don't have anything interesting in that regard, unfortunately. Um, I was really surprised to learn as well that you majored in political science in university. That is very different from anything in entertainment. Why political yeah. science? Was that a little bit of like, you know, you call like the plan B? <laughs> Yeah, I, it's like, I, I started going to college when I was 15 in the summers, I would, I went to UC Berkeley, which is one of our schools out here. So I had already done a year of college at Berkeley once I was done high school. And when I studied at Berkeley, I did political science and international relations and stuff like that. Cause I, cause I did a lot of speech and debate and that's what I competed in was kind of things with that focus. So then once I got to college, I was like, well, I've already done this, so I'm not going to change my mind now. <laughs> so I just kept going with this thing that I didn't really want to do. I mean, I did like it. I, I had planned on being an attorney and I taught the law school test prep out here when I was, that's wow. how I made money in college. And I, uh, I loved international law and, uh, and I, I loved all of that. Um, uh, I minored in Chinese, which was really hard. Um, but yeah, then, then I lived in China for my last semester of school. And I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to work here. I don't, I think I may have, I think I'm going to go to the groundlings improv school instead. <laughs> well, I guess all the debate and everything kind of helped your acting and your improv, right? Because you got to really think on the spot. Yeah. All of this stuff that I did in speech and debate, that was all, you know, spontaneous, or there was even impromptu speaking. I did a lot of that, that I already kind of knew how to do that for political stuff. And then it was just a matter of like making it comedic, which I also tried to do when I would compete with that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was a weirdly, that was kind of like a natural transition. And I felt like ahead of the game because I had done some of that stuff, at least as far as improv goes, which is such a weird thing when you're first doing it. Oh yeah, yeah. it's like a whole nother ball game, I hear. Yeah. <laughs> gotta think on your toes. I, I remember, what's that? Yeah, and I remember taking classes with people that would just like, people would take classes if they just wanted to like, you know, open up or like be a more, more personal. I don't know. So people that didn't want to be actors would take like improv classes. So I'm sure it was always like a total shock to them. Like mm. these weird exercises that you do. Yeah. yeah. It really gets you outside your comfort zone. And yeah, I, I, I truly believe in improv. I loved that in drama in school. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think it's like a necessary skill set for everyone. Yeah. So do you think kind of always inside you was a little bit of that desire to get into acting, into comedy, or where did that whole love come from? Yeah. It's, I feel so bad. Everything's speech and debate related. I mean, I did grow up, I grew up in a very, very boring town where there's nothing to do but go to church. And other than that, I had like a couple creative friends and we would do silly things. Like we would dress up as characters or I would dress up like my Filipino grandmother, or we would get really large refrigerator boxes, like huge cardboard boxes that we could fit inside. And we would paint them to be these elaborate characters that we could walk around the city as like just weird, <laughs> weird, weird stuff. And, um, 
but also in my speech and debate program, we had a uh, one of the things I also competed in was something called humorous interp, where you you essentially take like a ten person play or twelve person play and you perform it all by yourself, which sounds really weird and and yeah. but it's very cool to watch. Um, and, uh, and so that was kind of like my comedy bug and, and I liked doing silly things. Like when I would run for president at my school in high school, I would make it funny, you know, I just, <laughs> I, it's a good coping mechanism when you grow up in a boring town. So, and I had wanted to be on SNL and stuff. So I think I was always on the Groundlings Improv School mm-hmm. website when I was in high school. I just didn't know that I would actually do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, look at that. You, you actually took that step forward, though, and was like, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah, <laughs> it's odd. I, I, yeah, I, so I heard some of for all the best comedians. <laughs> yeah. it's, um, I, I heard someone on a podcast once talk about how, like, when you're from a town like mine, that if you try to do something like that, everyone has everyone in the town has kind of decided, am I allowed to swear on this? I don't want to swear. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. He called it Mike judges words, not mine. He was like, when I, whenever I would like make a band or do something, everyone would look at me like, don't you know, we're the shit people? Like, what are you doing? Like, don't you know, like everyone kind of shows everyone who decided not to get out of the box or follow their dreams, like had kind of just like chosen to sign up that oh no, we're, we're not people who get to do that in this life. You know what I mean? And it was very much like that in my hometown. Like, like, even though George Lucas is from my hometown, like my small hometown, like the creator of Star Wars, but it was like, if you ever did something like that, it was really looked down upon and like, why, why would you think that that's a real thing? You know what I mean? Or that's a real option. Yeah. But Oh, I don't know. It's good that you, <laughs> you you actually pass through all those, uh, I guess, those negative comments and those naysayers. I think a lot of people listening today could probably relate to that, whether it's coming even from their own family or friends. Like we've all we've all done it, especially when we want to break outside that, you know, normal box and do something yeah. that's out of the ordinary. It's completely yeah. relatable that we all get that, <laughs> and you have as yeah. well, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, I think I kind of get off on it now where I'm like, haha, I'm going to do the thing that's that no one else would do or I'll, I'll, I'll be wrong. Yeah, it's just it's fun. I like I always say that I'm stupidly brave and I think it does. Everything kind of requires a certain level or any getting to your next level requires a level of like stupid, uh, stupid bravery. And I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I have too much of that. <laughs> have you always been like that? Or do you think it's kind of come over time? I've foolishly always been like that, even as far as like protecting other people and blah, blah, and speaking up. And, you know, I, I, I encourage that for everyone, but sometimes it is dangerous to your <laughs> career or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I don't want those bullies around. I'll, I'll be the one that takes the charge and tells everyone what's going on and protect it. I've done silly things like that, which were good in the long run. But um, yeah, I think I've always had this like need, uh, I don't like, it's funny. I just listen. I just listened to this audio book and it's called like the cult of Trump. And it's just, it's just going, it's written by someone who was in a cult and got out of it. And he talks about why some people who are still, you know, following our former president after, you know, so many obvious 
um, grievances. And it brought up this old psych study where if you, I'm, I miss, I miss describing it, but the basic essence is there's a very old psychological study where if you put a red line and a black line on a wall and you bring subjects into a room and everyone's an actor except for the subject and you tell the person, okay, point to the red line. And if all the actors point to the black line, something like 75% of the time, the, the normal thinking subject will eventually betray themselves. Like they'll deny what their gut knows. They'll deny their logic. They'll deny their own reality because they're like, what? I must be wrong. Look at all these other lovely people in here that are pointing to the wrong color. And eventually they will betray themselves also sometimes because they want to fit in and they will choose a, the opposite color that they know is completely wrong. And I did a lot of psychology classes as well when I was younger, and I just never want to be that person. Like, I want anyone to put me in a psych test, and I want to be like, ha-ha, I didn't do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I kind of live my life a little like that, like almost as if I'm always on a hidden camera or I'm always in a psych study, and I will not be caught dead betraying myself or like you know, tricking my mind into think into, you know, doing something I don't want to do or whatever. I, I at least try. Yeah. It'd be hilarious on that. Uh, you know, that show back in the day, Punked with Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. It would have been hilarious on that. <laughs> like, no, no, you can't get me. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, seems- a lot of people that are so envious today because they want to be like that. They want to be extra brave and just step outside their comfort yeah. zone. But, you know, it is very difficult in day to day life. So, oh, ha- take my hat off to you, Ginger. Yes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Did you know we filmed this interview? Well, come on over to our YouTube channel, Rave It Up TV. You can subscribe for free. And here's a little secret. We like to reward our active subscribers with autographed photos and merchandise, no matter where you are in the world. So don't forget to give us a thumbs up while you're there and get busy sharing the videos with your friends. In this day and age, we're surrounded by technology and electricity all the time. Like our phones and laptops, phone and radio towers. Wi-Fi, electric power lines, and the appliances in our home. Do you know that these could be damaging your health because of the electromagnetic radiation coming off them? When I found Orgone Effects though and bought their products, I immediately noticed a difference. I started sleeping better and was even calmer and not always high in adrenaline. Orgone Effects has over 20 years experience in developing products to neutralize the harmful effects of EMRs. I have six of their products myself now, and I could not recommend them highly enough. These products last a lifetime too, so you only have to buy them once. Go check out their website, orgoneffectsaustralia.com.au. That is O-R-G-O-N-E effectsaustralia.com.au. And type in the coupon code RAVEITUP at checkout. Well, I did want to speak to you a little bit about the Groundlings as well, because you know I've done a couple of interviews with people that have been to the Groundlings, and they really, yeah. even though it is you know home of all the greats, you know all the comedians that we absolutely love and are so famous for their work, but apparently they really put you through the ringer. Is that true? Did you find that as well? Yes, and I'm not an official Groundling. It is a high honor to be an official Groundling. You know, Will Ferrell is an official Groundling. Kristen Wiig, some of my other friends um and uh but i'm able to perform on that stage thankfully because i i 
went through many rounds of that program and I, I've worked with a lot of groundlings. So they trust me enough to perform with them every once in a while, which is mean so much to me, but it is a whole thing. I think when I first started, I remember I, you know, you had, I auditioned and I didn't, I had never really done acting. I had no clue what I was doing. I would, you're just in a weird room and they're asking you to be characters. And I'm like, I don't know. So I was just kind of impersonating my grandma or doing weird people that I knew in my life. And then, and then you go through levels, but once you get to a certain level before this writer's lab, it's a really long wait list. And when I say long, it's like three years long. Wow. So yeah. So I was on this like three year long wait list before you can even do the next level. So in that time, I started doing a lot of stand up when I was younger, but it is, I know it's a lot. Actually, my assistant right now is brilliant. She went to an amazing college out here and she was, she was higher than me. She was in Sunday company at the Groundlings and she will always share her war stories <laughs> from, you know, it's, I imagine it's like SNL has a lot of war stories, you know, it's hard. My, my problem was I didn't write for myself. I was like friendly. So I'm like, let me write for everybody. But I should have just been writing to defend myself and to show myself off. But I was like, I'm going to write a fun sketch for my friend. <laughs> like, <I was> such <laughs> an overly giving, um, yeah, Groundling student. <laughs> well, you've definitely, you can save uh, being there now and you can share the stories. Because yeah. as you said, what an honor amongst all those other people that have been there as well. Yeah. And it's an invaluable education. It's really the only acting school I ever went to and it's invaluable full stop. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess in their mind at that school, you got to pay your dues, right? Everybody wants to be a comedian or an actor and you just gotta, that's why they probably make it so difficult. <laughs> I think it's that combined with you know, all of us who do comedy, we always start out a little kooky. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's a reason everyone does comedy. It's a lot of personalities, a lot of really high functioning creatives with their own vision. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's superstars. And sometimes uh, all superstars in one room doesn't always make like the best team, you mm. know, cause they're superstars. They should go and be out on stage by themselves or whatever. So, um, but I have so much fun there and I have, um, way more fond memories than difficult ones. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> and yeah, now I can say I've had another groundlings on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it really sounds like you're one of those triple or quadruple threats as well. Like you did say you did the debating, but is it also true that you can sing jazz? I read that online. <laughs> I did used to sing a lot of jazz. I had a weird magical like time. I don't know. In 2008, I sang at this nightclub where the the head of the jazz night was this guy, Darren Johnson, who was actually the very last pianist for Miles Davis. And he was Miles Davis's pianist when he was like 19. And then so he made this uh, this jazz night and the, the regular musicians were like, my friend Eric J actually is lives in Australia and he's produced a lot for Odessa and he worked on The Voice and he has Grammys for Flume and all these people. Wow. He played guitar in it. And then there's a, a saxophone player who's very famous, Kamashley Washington. And he was our saxophone player. And I would get to sing and Prince would come and sit in. It was a bananas alternate reality. And the old spice guy was the bar manager. Like it was just 
all the crazy things. Like I was friends with like Prince was my friend that I saw every month and, and I had his, wow. you know, we knew his security guard and, and uh, Pink would be in the audience and it was an Eve and like Lily Sobieski. It was just such a, it was so bizarre that if I was older, I would have had more fear surrounding it. I think, unfortunately, mm. but I was very and it was just like, I just told them, I said, I want to sing. And they were like, okay. And then they liked it. So they kept having me do it. And I didn't, I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, but uh, it was, a, it was a blast. It was, it was so, so special. And all those people are, they're in every band now, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. They're just all, it, it was a really sweet, sweet time with a lot of musical geniuses. Mm. Do you think there'll be a <laughs> bit more of that in your future? Is that something you want to do a bit more of? Yeah, I mean, I'm always, uh, I got to sing with Brian Tyree Henry on uh, a little episode of uh, an HBO show um, called Room 104. So we did the only musical episode, which was really fun and silly, but I definitely want to do like a musical film and I'm writing right now, or I've written um, a feature and I've written like half of the songs for the feature. And right now I'm filming like a shorter version of it that has some of the music in it. I don't sing in this version of it. I sing in the feature version of it. But yeah, I always want to sing as much as possible. <laughs> oh, fingers crossed. I'm, I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for that. Definitely want to hear some of that. <laughs> and maybe even, who knows, maybe a bit of musical episode and True Lies. Who knows? Fingers crossed. Oh my God. We would love it. I'm trying to think if anyone wouldn't like it. Erica would love it. Mike would love it. I don't know if Omar would and Steve would like it, but they could be dancers. Exactly. <laughs> I think it will make it more funny for them to sing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's called making a fool of yourself, you know? It makes it hilarious. Yeah. They're great at that, by the way. By the way, the grumbling you hear is not my stomach. It is my puppy. So if you, if you I apologize. I hope your yeah. puppy's not hungry. Is he okay? <laughs> Just sassing his sister right now. He's like, Aww. we need to I yeah. can't even hear it, so we're good. <laughs> okay, good. Hey guys, it's RJ May from Breaking Bad. It's Adam Stavani from Step Up. Bryce Johnson from Pretty Little Liars. It's Rob Mills. Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. These celebrities are sharing a message of hope and inspiring the younger generation in our new book, Knowing What I Know Now. This is filled with 70 quotes from your favourite celebrities on what they would tell their 14-year-old selves. A book filled with amazing advice to help you chase your dreams or help you deal with bully or depression. It is available worldwide as a paperback, ebook, and audiobook version. Go to raveituptv.com to buy your copy now. Looking for the most comfortable and fashionable gym clothes around? Introducing Gym XO. They are an eco-friendly brand from the UK. Gymwear made from recycled materials. Pick from some really cute gym sets, tops, bottoms, and there are even options for curvy women. Get 30% off today with free shipping by using our discount code RAVEITUP30 at checkout. Go to gymxo.co.uk today. That is gymexo.co.uk.
So for our audience, True Lies that we're talking about is the new TV show that Ginger is in playing Helen Tasker. And I'm absolutely loving it, by the way. Like, I'm a little bit annoyed at the moment. There's a few more episodes. Like, I'm still waiting for Disney Plus in Australia. Yeah. Like, I can see that there's more episodes you filmed and I'm like, damn it, come on, Disney Plus, keep up. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so frustrating being here in Australia. Everything comes late. <laughs> but it is so good, so addictive, by the way. Like, after you finish one episode, you're like, I gotta watch the next one. <laughs> oh, thank you. What was the audition process like for you? Did you automatically know that you'd be perfect for the role of Helen, and or did you even audition for another role that we might not know about? It's yeah, no, I um, I I passed on it a lot because I didn't know about making like a remake or I don't know. I was worried about that, and then I. I finally, they had seen a bunch of people and, and then finally I was like, okay, if they don't hire anyone from that last round of people and it's still alive, then I think I'm supposed to engage on this thing. It really was on my heart too. It was so weird. It wouldn't go away. And then, um, so I kind of, uh, pulled a very unconventional move because I wanted to be able to improvise and I wanted to I wanted to do it the way that I wanted to do it like I wanted to play her in this kind of quirky fun way and mm -hmm. so I refused to sign my contract before I did my chemistry set session which is never allowed and so and it was so weird but I was just like sitting there like a weirdo like refusing to sign paperwork and finally they were like oh, okay and so then they brought me in and Steve and I like instantly had great chemistry. It was so fun. It was like flawless. It was silly. It was joyous. Like it was truly like we all ended every take just like laughing at each other, like the director and the showrunner and Steve and I, and they let us play around a lot. And I, and, and, and when I do that, I, I do that a lot now because I improvise on everything that I do. And so I kind of treat auditions almost like a test, like hey, I'm going to play around with this. Like I respect the writing, but I also know how I perform best. And that's when I switch things up. And so it's kind of like showing them what they're they're signing up for. And if they want that, then great. And then it's not, yeah. <laughs> and I can, of course, I've been in many things where you're not allowed to change stuff on like Showtime or whatever. But for this, uh, yeah, I just, I wouldn't have played her if they didn't let me do it like I was doing. And I, I changed a lot on the show. Mm. I changed more than maybe anything I've ever been in. Maybe, I don't know. The She-Hulk, I changed a lot, but that was different. It was like, Jessica just knew I wanted to play around the writer. So she would just be like, I half asked this scene, you do whatever you want. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> does that like, mean with like, on the on the set you're just like cracking up all your co-stars because they're like oh I didn't expect her saying that <laughs> it was uh uh Tatiana is a good poker face but we did we did giggle a lot we cracked each other up the most though on true lies because it's so silly like it's so fun to be spies like it's ridiculous like <laughs> it, it, it and we just do some of the, the the silliest things I don't know in an episode coming up they ask me to show that I'm unarmed. So Helen is like, she doesn't know how to do it because she's a brand new spy. So she's like lifting up her skirt and just like doing this weird twirl to show that she doesn't have any weapons. And the guest star, this actor who was playing this like crazy general, his response to it was like, all right, I got it. And it was 
so funny. Like, cause you would think he would do, you would think that character would do some sort of like misogynistic response. And instead he was like, lady, please stop showing me your underwear. Put it away. <laughs> yeah. We were crying. We would cry laughing every week on True Lies. I love Always. that. Well, that, that, that really brings you all closer together too, like a family, right? Yeah. It's nice. Yeah, we're very, very close. That that cast. We're also very, you know, it's it is. We use the core cast on that show. I mean, we always have guest stars, but you know, Steve and I are so so close. And and my kids, like Annabella, like stays at my house sometimes. You know what I mean? Like and then I and in my head, I think she's my kid. And um and I love Mike and Erica and Omar. Like Omar's so cool. So I. Yeah, I, I feel very, I feel very, very lucky. Yeah. It's like being a big kid on set, right? It's, you know, when you're a kid, you think about how cool it would be to be a spy. Now you get to do that. Yes, it truly is. And I, I I even remember during the pilot, Steve Steve got to do a really fun action sequence. And then he grabbed my hands. And like a child, he started jumping up and down. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I love doing this. And I was like, oh my God, like, <laughs> We do. We do love doing this. And, and we, in this upcoming episode, at least in America, we were, we're um, rappelling into a room like secretly. So we're on wires and it was the first time we were both in the same like spy tactical gear. So we're both like matching like spy versus spy or something. And we're <laughs> swinging into their room and we're like, you know, like it's, it's just so, it's so fun. It's fun to play something you would really never be. Mm. Like I'm not going to be a spy. So it's so fun to you know to to do that but yeah it's a, it's a very joyous experience and it is like being a kid and I think that when you're like that that's when it works the best absolutely yeah. and on those wires it's actually you guys or do you got stunt doubles for that or <laughs> oh my god it's us on the wires I I'm gonna put up a video sometime this month that shows the reality of the scene that we did because the first time we did it I was so confident and I'm like upside down and then I'm like, hoist me up. And they did. And I banged my knees and everything on this like oh. fake wall because I didn't like pull my body in. I was just, too, I was just having too much fun that I forgot to protect myself. But um, yeah, <laughs> being on wires is, it, being on wires is fun. Yeah. Expectation and reality video. <laughs> yeah, that's like, yeah. yeah, I love that. 100%, yeah. Is it true before you actually got this project, you hadn't watched the True Lies movie as well? I know I hadn't, I haven't seen anything like it's, it's so embarrassing the number of movies I've actually seen in my life. And it's people are forever making references to things on sets. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know, but I, yeah, I haven't, I really just, especially in my childhood, I didn't see a lot of movies. We, we only had five growing up. We owned five. I, I didn't, it like, wasn't a thing. So um, and then prior to my audition, True Lies is now out like streaming, but it wasn't available. So I had to buy a DVD player and a DVD that didn't come in time. And then I was like, well, I don't really want to see this iconic performance anyways. Like it's just going to affect me and make me compare myself. So it was truly a gift that I hadn't seen it because then I just treated it like well, how do I want to play this lady? You yeah, know, absolutely. I Never. was going to say that's an yeah. advantage of not watching it because yeah. then you're probably th overthinking everything going, I don't want to copy the original. Yeah, I want to make it my own. Yeah, yes. exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And that way you can play around with it a little bit, make the character a bit different. And I think that's what people are loving about the show as well. 
Oh, thank you. It's so fun to play Helen. I really, I really love her. And I really love working with Steve. I, I feel so lucky having gone from Tatiana Maslany in She-Hulk to Steve Howie because I just love them both. And they're such good performers and really fun people to hang out with. Like I, I lost my voice on this show from so many different things, but mo a lot of it was just from laughing. Oh my God. <laughs> so silly. Well, I love Steve too. He's an incredible actor. I love him in anything I see him in. And ah, between us ladies, good looking too. Like, <laughs> Oh my God. I know. Even I have like representatives on my team that they're like, wow. I'm like, stop it. Like, you get to play start. his wife. Woo. <laughs> I know. He's not hard to, to be attracted to. Yeah. We love Steve Howie. <laughs> I did want to talk about that also, that side of acting that probably a lot of people don't even think about. Like you've got to come in and create this fake relationship that you've been married for years, have kids and, you know, you got to kiss and be affectionate and hug and all of this when you've probably just met five minutes ago on set. So has that, uh, yeah. has that always been a bit of a challenge for you to kind of, is that really awkward? How do you navigate all of that? It's. I'm always a love interest. Most of my career, I've been a love interest. So it's happened a lot. You just dropped a gorgeous. That's why. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm like, yeah, you can be the girlfriend. It's, um, I don't know. I've been really lucky with my co-stars. I'm a very vulnerable, vulnerable actor. And, and everyone I think I played a love interest to is as well. And it's more, for me, it's always been like, um, almost like getting a great level of trust is the only thing that's important. And I get that trust from my co-stars by them telling me about their lives and me telling them about their lives. I did a show for the Duplasses called Togetherness on HBO. And it was myself and an actor, Steve Zisses, who's such a love, but instantly like that's, that's the very campy element of acting is you get to know each other so quickly, you know, you know, each other in a week. You're just spending all this time and you have to share all these life stories. And I, I've never like had to like fake chemistry with anyone because I've, I've had open vulnerable actors and it is, it's never weird. And I do fall in love with all of my co-stars. I fall in love with most of my friends. It's a weird, it's a weird way to explain it, but there's always a moment with my friends where I'm like, I love this person now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it doesn't feel any different. And, 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 uh, but it's like a, it, I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's, I can't say it's not love. Like I truly have loved, I have like been in love with these people that I act with, you know, yeah. but it's, it's temporary. As well. Yeah. And it's temporary and it's, um, contained and, um, but yeah, the only time I ever had a hard time with it, um, I still, we, it didn't need to be fabricated and it, and it was, and, uh, over time, my co-star felt more comfortable with me. And then it was, and then it was a really beautiful, uh, connection on screen. So I don't know. It's just, you have to really trust, um, your person or I, I don't like to fake anything. So I, I think with the trust, then I feel safe to care about them and they feel safe to care about me. And that's how I like to work as an actor. I think you can also fake it, you know, yeah. but I don't like to fake it. So I have to get uh, from my, from my co-stars that, uh, that instant, you know, overshare kind of, of yeah. bonding. Yeah. Let's get to know each other. I have that with Steve and Steve. 
Yeah. <laughs> My first phone call with Steve after I was cast, we were like, yo, this, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I mean, if anyone could have recorded that, I don't know. It was just, we know every, we know everything about each other. Yeah. yeah you connected instantly and it makes your job way easier as well. You don't have to fake it. As you said, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And another amazing actor you did work with as well for an episode was Matthew Lillard, who, you know, I know back in the day is shaggy. <laughs> oh, no. To me, he's I always going to be the Scooby-Doo guy, <laughs> but I absolutely I love him. So hilarious, that episode, and how even Harry, you know, didn't want him around you and even got a bit jealous. How was it working with Matthew? It's so fun. I love the writing of that episode. I love Matthew Lillard. It was just... It was so, he's so easy to love. He's such a great actor. I, he's just the best. Like he's such a, he's so fun. And it made so much sense. I mean, I know why the writers wrote it. Cause I, I, I they laugh that I've like dated sociopaths in my life. And so they wrote a sociopath essentially for me to have too much empathy for and just be like, no, no, he's great. I'm like, I see what you're doing. Um, but <laughs> He, it just is so it that connection with Helen and this like person that she didn't realize is also an assassin is so fun and he gives really interesting reads of things so it's always very natural because I'm never I'm never predicting his response mm. sometimes it's very surprising to me which I love so it's easy to be very present and he's just rad he's great he brought up the you know after you, when you do a series you know, everyone's excited for the first couple of episodes and then they start getting tired by a certain, you know, episode four, which it was. And then if you have a guest star like that come in and just blast the room with their energy, everyone's like, oh yeah, this is, <laughs> this is special. Like, let's all, we got to level up for, for Matthew Lillard. And he's, I adore him. He's so great. So he yeah. did a lot of improv as well, just like your character. Yeah, I think he did. He definitely... Um, yes, he did. He made us, he definitely made me cry laughing. Uh, what did he do? He did something really odd where I, I think he like kissed Steve in a scene. Like it was so, it was so weird. He was like hugging him. And I was, I could see where the camera was and I was like, oh no, I'm losing it. And I, I'm on camera and they're going to see it. But it was so, so funny. He just would do really funny, awkward things. And uh, yeah, and he hung out with us. He was just, he's a love. Like, I'm so glad that he is, you know? I want people like that, that I've seen over the years to like be awesome and be someone I want to be friends with, you know? Yeah. It's it's so great. Yeah. I, oh, really I hope he comes it. back. It'd be an awesome uh, guest star again. <laughs> yeah, I know. It'd be so fun. Oh, what an awesome show. And your character, Helen, as well, knows a lot of different languages. Are these languages you already knew or did you have to just learn the lines? And do you even have maybe like a language kind of tutor on set just to help you with oh my pronunciation? Because oh I don't I know the languages, but they all sound incredible. <laughs> they were all, there was a lot. I was, for the pilot, I was, I don't know French, but I was able to like take some time to figure out the French that I was speaking and listen back. And I had a language coach for the pilot, but for the series, we work so quickly. And then I'll just like find out that on that day I'm speaking Russian and I'm like, what? And so I listen, I listen back a lot. I have a good ear for language, which is why I did learn Chinese at a time, but, um, but it's hard. I mean, I hope that they sound okay. I, I assume they vet them at some point when we get to the edit, because I don't ever have to ADR them. But 
it's a lot of listening. Yeah. Yeah. It's very impressive because, you know, it's hard enough just to learn one language, but you know, as you just said, you're reading the script and go, what? I have to do Russian. Huh? Why didn't you just tell me? (laughs) I know. And sometimes I'm like, yeah. And it will be like last minute sometimes. And I'm like, and they're like, check your email. There's a, there's a recording. And I'm like, okay. But listening to it right before I say it is kind of the best way anyway. So as long as I have that, I can just like repeat it to myself a million times and then go into the scene. And all I'm really saying in my head is the word. And then I get to the word and then I I feel good. Yeah. That's really incredible. You can just listen to it and then it just comes out of your mouth because I've tried that and it just does not come out the same way. I might have to do it. Like when I learned music, I learned to play by ear. That was the program that I did, you know? So maybe it has something to do with like learning that type of way you yeah. know, in something. Yeah. Very impressive. <laughs> and it was also in the show, you know, you travel to a lot of different countries. I know this might be a bit of a stupid question, but I'm sure I'm not the only one thinking it. Do you actually travel <laughs> to those countries or is that all just a little oh. bit of TV magic? Cause I'm like, wow, you I, lucky girl. <laughs> oh, I wish. And if that was the case, we'd all go to Australia and visit you. Woo! Um, yes. <laughs> but, uh, oh my God, I wish. I think that's one of those things you actually get to do if the show is like successful for five years. I know Modern Family did like an episode in Australia and they all actually like to go yeah oh my gosh my dog just got mad at me um but no we don't we make uh Atlanta look like a lot of different places and um we use our imagination yeah it's TV magic you've made wow (laughs) you've made Atlanta look like Paris that's incredible that's impressive yeah that was actually in New Orleans which does look a little more like Paris but they did a really good job with Paris I think yeah 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 that's why I wanted to ask because a lot of our everyday listeners probably don't think about all the movie tv show magic that they that they can do it's pretty incredible yeah (laughs) it's it's always fun to learn and on She-Hulk there was so much magic that I was like, oh, that's how I learned so much. I learned a lot on every job that I do, how everything get really works. It's a fascinating, it's like being in grad school or something. Because I'm guessing with She-Hulk, it's like a lot of green screens and things like that to actually create her. Yeah, lots of, um, you know, different eye lines and motion capture. And it's amazing like how much they can just put into a scene that was never there. Mm. So for us, it's a lot of using our imagination, but it's cool to see like what's what's necessary for the cameras in order to make that possible in the edit and it's a lot of dots there's dots on everything dots on people's faces (laughs) dots on dots on pieces of paper everywhere there's dots (laughs) yeah very it's definitely how they create that that magic yeah I saw a video on Facebook and it was all about how they created you know avatar and then how they created the hobbit and things like that like incredible what they can do with cameras i i'm blown away i'm still blown away yeah. and i know this stuff <laughs> we do, we do. well my last question about true lies is there anything you want to see them put in the show or is there anything you'd like to see your character do next oh my god i've so done already i definitely want to have my filipino family and i want them somehow accidentally involved in a mission like their quirks actually help our mission you yes. know um <laughs> You know, either their gifts for karaoke or just their them being a nuisance helps us or something. And um, I would love, I don't know, I really want, Mike is very funny and we always want to be stuck together. 
so that we can be kind of like, a, so that Helen and Luther can find out that they love joking around. And then, you know, we have to like, kind of, we're, we're joking too much on a mission and everyone has to listen to us. But I would like to see that silly friendship, like how we find a friendship being like, wait, are you kind of goofy? Me too. <laughs> Uh, and then Steve's character gets jealous again. Oh, who knows? <laughs> like, you, can you guys make your jokes together. I'm and maybe that singing episode, fingers crossed, that would be cool. No, it would be so fun. You don't want to sing. <laughs> your singing has to get you out of like a little uh, mishap with a mission. Who knows? <laughs> I would love that. Oh, I have always wanted to do a scene where I do some sort of training for um like how to seduce the enemy but in that same episode I lose a tooth (laughs) so I have to seduce the enemy with all my sexy training but I'm having to cover that (laughs) that I don't have a tooth that would be amazing I love that idea (laughs) I just this this snippet of the interview and make sure we send it to your writer the writers and everything yeah Definitely Especially if it continues good. on, we will need, they need some more episode ideas. I know, that's my goal. <laughs> but you've already done so much in your career as well, Ginger. And I, I did read as well, you've done various actual voice work for, you know, shows like Family Guy and American Dad. That's like one of my favorites, Robot Chicken. Is that like a totally different type of acting for you? Because you don't really, uh, aren't working off anyone else, right? Or do you really love that? Because you get to be goofy. <laughs> Um, I think that, uh, (laughs) I think, uh, it's, I am overly physical when I do voiceover. I think you're just supposed to kind of like do the voices, but I'm still acting with my body when I do voiceover. So I'm sure it looks insane whenever I do it, but it's a full body experience (laughs) for me. (laughs) It's a very fun one. I I did Tuca and Birdie. I really like the creator of Tuca and Birdie. That show has uh, Ali Wong and Tiffany Haddish. And um, yeah, I I was lucky that I knew when I first moved to LA, the first thing I did was I had taken a writer's class and I met someone who went to Yale and his friend was a writer on Family Guy. And I was (gasps) like, can I meet her? And so he gave me her contact because she had also gone to Yale and she let me take her to this little pancake place and ask her questions about Family Guy. And she's been one of the longest, Cherry Cherry Chiva, she's been one of the longest writers there. She now has the film Joyride that's coming out soon. She's amazing. And I just, it was so nice. So I knew a lot of the Family Guy people early on because I was allowed to come to table reads out of kindness. She just yeah. would be like, you can come. And so I would bring friends, like we were all like waiters. I'd be like, you wanna come to a Family Guy table read? And so I could bring people to Family Guy and I knew people from Family Guy. But then when I I was in the movie Ted, which is all by those people, Seth was the only person I didn't know. So it was, I think I was the only person he didn't know that was in the movie Ted. So when I did the movie, he didn't realize I knew like his whole squad of writers. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, had, I've always been grateful for uh, for Cherry and, and that whole, ex- you know, kind of first year in LA experience privilege, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you can say that you've done voiceover work now and hopefully some do some more. <laughs> I know. I hope so. I was almost a singing animal and something, but I just didn't get it. Oh, that's all right. There's heaps of singing animal movies and TV yeah, shows. You know, <laughs> <another> time. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we always need in animation, some singing animals. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously. <laughs> 
So even though you've already achieved so much, Ginger, what else can we expect from you in the future? Is there anything coming up that we can look forward to? Oh, you're so sweet. Well, right now I'm, um, I would, uh, I'm hoping to sell more shows after the writer's strike. Um, I've sold shows before, but they haven't made it to the air. I would like that to happen. And then I, I'm working on this feature right now. I'm just, I'm filming some of the, the, uh, like a proof of concept for it. And yeah, I just really want to make my movies. I really like writing and directing the things that I write. So I hope to do more of that. And eventually I would like to do like Broadway and all these different things, but I just, I don't know. I'm just, uh, right now I'm just mostly working on because we're in a writer's strike, the, the things that I've already created that I can direct. And every time I direct the couple times that I have, I learned so much yesterday. I was stumped on something embarrassingly for like two hours and I'm like, well, this is what you wanted. You wanted to force yourself to learn. So here we go, sweetheart. And I'm on YouTube trying to figure everything out, doing the math of different camera frame rates. So, but it's, uh, it's, it's, I'm excited to make this new one. I call them my babies. All my little projects are my babies. Yeah. Well, whenever they do get made, which I truly believe they will, you can come back on the Thank show and talk to me all about oh it. Oh my God. I'd be happy to. Yeah. And I can totally I see that. Broadway too. That would be incredible for you. Oh, wow. Yeah, I really want to. Yeah. Tatiana Maslany is on Broadway right now. She starts or at the end of this month. So everyone from She-Hulk is going to see her. Yeah. Oh, look at that. She-Hulk. She's doing everything. I know. <laughs> Girl power. Woo. <laughs> yeah. And do we know yet if there's going to be another season of True Lies as well? Or still waiting to hear? That? I will know soon i will know this month and i will and i never know about marvel they don't tell us anything they, but i i'm lucky to be in that family and i love going to all the premieres and seeing the films and i just saw guardians of the galaxy and james gunn has always been so supportive he's always let me like message him and be like uh i need help with the vfx thing who can i talk to and he'll, he'll just instantly tell me and he's such a i love him as a creator and i if he was also an actor, I would say I want his career because he's writing and directing and running things and doing it uh, all. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I really, really love that. And I love uh, the clarity of his vision and things. So, um, but yeah, I hope we, I hope I get to do more of all of it. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. We just want to see more of you, Ginger. Be, be on every single TV show and movie. That's what we want. <laughs> Thank you. And not before to we move on to a really fun game that we'll play very soon, yeah. which can't wait to play with you. What advice would you give to our audience today who might want to follow their dreams of becoming an actor or a comedian? Yes. Oh my goodness. Everyone needs to a hundred percent tune into their gut. Like if you have, but I don't know if, if you ever have a ping, I really think people's souls choose what they want to do. And I think that we are unhappy when we don't do what our soul is telling us to do. And, and it can feel like it takes so much bravery and it feels like uh, you can be like a very different or other, but um, I think any little itch that you have that goes, oh, I think I should maybe do that or my gut really wants to do this. It's very important to listen to that. And I used to make a mistake. I, I would fine tune who I would take advice from. I remember at a certain point I went, okay, I'm only going to take advice from people more successful than me. And then I thought that was the right thing to do. But then I realized 
doctors for certain things definitely didn't know more than me. And my managers didn't know more than me. And, and my agents never did. And as, how could they? They've never lived in my body. They don't really know what I'm capable of or what I truly want to do because they're not me. So if, you're, if your compass is truly yourself, which in a way can sound selfish, it's not. Because if, you know, your purpose can also uh, inspire other people or help other people and, 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 it's uh, it's it's a disservice to everyone else in the world if you don't do what your soul is itching to do. And mm -hmm. I think it truly is uh, healthy to do that, even though it can be scary. So I just, yeah, I always encourage people to truly, truly like get quiet and listen to themselves and not let their brains be infected by other people's fear and other people's doubt. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. It's your life. You know, you might as well do what you want to do. Doesn't yeah, matter what other people say. <laughs> yeah. And they don't know. People don't people can have your best interests in mind and still uh really downplay what they think you're capable of and they would never know. They, no one knows if someone has like a poet inside of them. You know what I mean? That's yeah. very private often. So, you, yeah, you can pick yeah. and choose advice every you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can choose yeah. what you want to take on board. Yeah. yeah I love that. Thank you so much, Ginger. I Hope everyone does take that on board. That was really good. <laughs> Have you always wanted to learn how to dance? Always say you're going to do it. Maybe even make it a New Year's resolution, but never do. Well, this is your time. Hills Latin Dancing teaches salsa, bachata, and merengue classes for all ages and fitness levels. No partner or previous dance experience is required. If you don't live in Sydney, that is okay too. We teach private lessons over Zoom for only $50. We also offer wedding dances and also a seated dance class for the elderly and those with mobility challenges. Come join us for some fun. Visit our website, hillslatindancing.com.au for more information and to book your class now. This show is brought to you by Vegas Nights, specializing in all of your party needs. They have photo booths, poker tables, and decorations for heaps of different party themes. Visit their website now at vegasnights.com.au or give them a call on 1300 135 394. Vegas Nights, you can't lose. I think it's now time for this really fun game, Ginger, just to finish off today. So it's a legendary game here on Rave It Up. It's called the Two Minute Hot Seat. And what we do is I ask you various questions and you just have to pick your preference. So it's like dogs okay. or cats or singing or dancing. And you have to answer as many questions in two minutes as possible. And okay. when we finish, we'll see where you sit on the leaderboard up against everyone else that's played the game on the show. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> like a bit of competition. Yeah, I, I can see that competitive uh, look in your eye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Yes. Okay. Well, I haven't had anybody else from True Liars on, but I'm hoping to. Who knows? Let's yes, go awesome. nice and high for them, all right? Yeah, okay, for cool. whenever they do come on the show. <laughs> Okay, perfect. All right. Are you all ready, Ginger? Yes. I'm giving you two minutes 15 just because we're over Zoom. There's a bit of delay. That's what I do for Zoom interviews. Nice and uh, fair. <laughs> all Thank right. You. Here we go. Stopwatch on. Here we go. Three, two, one. Instagram or YouTube? Instagram. Pop or country music? Pop. Cook or clean? Cook. Beach or pool? Beach. Comedy or action? Comedy. Blondes or brunettes? Blonde. Sweet or salty? Sweet. Book or e-reader? Oh, e-reader. 
Home cooking or dining out? Dining out. Bottomless bowl or bottomless drink? Bottomless drink? <laughs> Singing or dancing? Singing. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Italian or Chinese food? Italian. Summer or winter? Winter. Jennifer Lopez or Scarlett Johansson? J-Lo. Johnny Depp or Will Smith? Oh, <laughs> Will Smith. Shop in-store or online? Online. Cinema or home movie? Cinema. Ice cream or gelato? Gelato. Cake or cookies? Cake. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Christmas or your birthday? Birthday. Night or day? Night. Bus or train? Train. Talk to the dead or see the future? Ooh, see the future. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Eye color blue or brown? Blue. Driver or passenger? Driver. Texting or calling? Texting. LA or New York? New York. Friday or Saturday? Friday. TV or movies? Movies. Movies or books? Movies. Fiction or non-fiction books? Uh, non-fiction. Snow or surf? Snow. Freeze time or time travel? The first one. Burger or pizza? Pizza. Ketchup or barbecue sauce? Ketchup. Wine or beer? Wine. Leather or denim? Leather. City or country? City. Biting your nails or picking your nose? Biting my nails. Pants or shorts? Shorts. Tattoos or piercings? Uh, tattoos. Backpack or suitcase? Suitcase. Ice cream or gelato? Gelato. And we're out of time. <laughs> I got too excited about that. I was meant to say ice cream or chocolate. I said ice cream or gelato earlier. <laughs> I was like, I read that one wrong. <laughs> you look like you, re- you rethought uh, talk to the dead or see the future. And you're like, uh. Oh, I really wanted to put some thought into that. And then I'm like, ah, it's a time game. It's a time game. Quickly. <laughs> What's a tricky one? Talk to the dead or see the future? I feel like I already see the future, so I should have said talk to the dead. Yeah, that's always my answer. I'd say talk to the dead. I'm just like, especially if that means everybody that's ever died, even people I haven't met, that would be really cool. Let's go talk to Elvis. Let's go talk to, you know, Michael Jackson, whatever, you know? (laughs) How many questions do you think you answered in that time, Ginger? I don't know, 207. It does feel like that, doesn't it? Well, you have answered, oh, I didn't even tell you, top of the Rave It Up leaderboard for Zoom interviews is 63 questions. Do you think you beat that? Um, Well, you've answered 46, which is really, really good. So you're sitting number 14. Oh, God. Number 14, you're really good. I care about the questions. (laughs) I should have rapid fired. I'm nobody. Um, That's so funny. That's all right. Hopefully you set the bar nice and high and then everyone else does less than you. Yeah. Fingers crossed for yeah. you. <laughs> that's cool. Well, that's always a lot of fun. It's a good way for all your fans to get to know you a little bit better too. <laughs> Thank you. No, I love that. Now, before we finish up today, I have a really famous closing statement. It's probably the most important question here on Rave It Up. Knowing what you know now, what would you tell your 14-year-old self? Oh my goodness. I would say, um, oh my God, it's too, I should have pre-planned this. I don't know. I would just say, uh, keep, uh, keep doing what you're doing and get yeah. out of Modesto. 
and keep being brave. Keep brave and brave. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love that. I'm, I'm so jealous that you were so brave when you were a kid. I was like the most shy person you'd ever meet in your life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, this is brave. All of this is brave. Oh, yes. Um, I've definitely got out of my comfort zone as I've gotten older. Yeah. And now, now look what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that fascinating? I, lo- I find that the most remarkable when people are like, I used to be shy, but look at me now. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Like that's- Most successful people are like that, you know? Anybody that's yeah. even, even the spotlight, you're like, you used to be shy? No way. Yeah. It's yeah. so kind of like yeah. when they say the nerds, but you end up becoming your bosses and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And if our audience want to find out what you're up to in the future, Ginger, where can we go follow you? Um, Instagram, Facebook, wherever? Yeah, it's- Instagram. I'm not on Facebook anymore. Instagram. I'm Ginger the Jester on everything. So for TikTok, I'm Ginger the Jester and Instagram. And there's a new one called Blue Sky. And um, I know. I think it's like too the many new Twitter. Uh, yeah. Uh, who knows? Um, <laughs> so far, I'm like there's like five people on it. But um, but uh, yeah, it's just Ginger the Jester on all the things. Beautiful. (laughs) Let's go follow you and I'll put all the links below for everyone as well. And thank you so much for your time today, Ginger. I know you're a busy woman writing all these things, (laughs) but you took the time to talk to me. So thank you. Thank you for your energy. And I'm more than happy to. And I'll tell my cast too, that they got to come meet you. Yes, please. Tell Steve, bring him on. We'll talk about that that kissing thing too. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. His answer is completely different. His answer. Yeah. Whether that's really awkward or he likes that, who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're welcome on the show anytime too, Ginger. I absolutely love your energy and so much advice that you gave to our audience as well. And I hope everyone has learned a lot just from your story and how you got to where you are today. Thank you. Thanks for Uh, being interested in it (laughs) of course you had such an interesting life I loved researching you (laughs) definitely (laughs) did not feel like work whatsoever (laughs) whenever your new stuff gets uh finally made you let me know come on the show and who knows maybe if there's another season which I touch wood new season of true lies come on the show we'll talk about some of the episodes in depth that would be really fun Yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially after they all air. That'll be fun. And I think a really important question is, do you ever have any plans to come to Australia? We can meet in person. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. My I had a, my my friend Eric has lived there for Eric J has lived there for almost like 10 years or something. now. It's kind of crazy that I haven't gotten there. And my dear friend Ashling B was just there uh, from this way up. I definitely want to go to Australia. I want to see all the animals, too. <laughs> We have some. Am I that basic? Am I that basic that I really want to see a koala? Um, That's what everybody says. It's all good. I know we got I some know. dangerous animals too that scare people, but we also have some really cute ones too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna focus on the cute. Yeah, just stay away um, from the dangerous ones. You're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And no, we do not have just kangaroos in our backyard. All right, especially in Sydney, you gotta go to the zoo for them. You have them in your house, right? Yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. People think we rode them to school, but no, that's not true. <laughs> Well, keep in touch, Ginger, and we'll definitely have a chat again in the future. We'd love it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. If you want to be the first to get every new episode, remember to subscribe to this podcast for free. Just search for Rave It Up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share it with your friends. 
and tell us what you loved the most and even let us know what you want to hear on this podcast. You can even check out the videos of our interviews on our YouTube channel, Rave It Up TV. And for more, visit our website, raveituptv.com. Now, before I leave you today, I just want you to remember that you are loved and you are beautiful. Bye.